Welcome to TLC for the Soul podcast, where soul meets spirit. You have entered into sacred space. I'm your host, Tammy Lynn Chambers, and I'm here to help you shine. Now let's get going on this podcast journey. Hello, friends. Hello. I want to welcome you to this first episode of Sisters for the Sword. This is something that is um, very special to me, and I'm finally excited after, I guess, several years now to be able to um, open this up and present this to everyone. So if you're new to the podcast, welcome. You may have found us in one of many various locations as we're all over the podcast realms. So settle in. You're joining us at a very special, um, for a very special time or a very special episode. Just want to welcome you here. Sit back and relax and see how we roll here at TLC for the Soul. If you're a returning listener, thank you so much for joining me again. I've got something magical up my sleeve to present to you today. So let's get settled in. As always here on the podcast, you choose how you want to listen. As I get myself comfortable. I'm going to light our candle and I will invite you to do the same as I share with you what this is all about. So you choose your listening experience. If you're new, you may just want to, you know, you may not be in all in yet. You just want to see what we're all about here. If you're a returning listener, you know the drill. You can choose to join me around the sacred fire as I wrap us all in love light and light love. And invite in the spirit guides who would like to work with me for the special Sisters of the Sword premiere. You can also take your listening experience to a higher level as you Take a deep breath. You may want to invite your own spirit guides, angels, messengers, totems, wisdom keepers, star family, whoever you most like to work with into this sacred circle with us to share any messages, information, wisdom, guidance that might be meant for you as we go through today's podcast. Sisters for the Sword came to me, I don't even remember now, maybe in 2020, maybe in 2019. And it kept like coming up and then I would be like, well, I don't really know what to do with this. I think it's, um, I think it's a a gathering of people, a community. And then I was like, well, back from that, no, I don't think it's a community. I think it's a book. And so I was like, maybe I'm supposed to start writing a book. 
And then I came back in again. I'm like, no, I think it's a community. No, I don't think it is. I don't know what it is. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to wait until I get more guidance on what this is. And so finally, <laughs> um, Sisters of the, for the Sword, I keep saying of the sword. It used to be called Sisters for the Sword, but there is some other group out there called Sisters for the Sword, and they're like a um, religious group. And I'm like, well, we're not a religious group. So I had to try to change the name to Sisters for the Sword. So I keep calling it by different names, but it's Sisters, number four, the sword, just like we are TLC, number four, the soul. So the other day I was like, okay, Sisters of the Sword, here we go again, <laughs> Sisters of the Sword, Sisters for the Sword is back again. And it all started with Mordred, the knight, the, uh, the, uh, the round table knight Mordred. And he just, he appeared one day with a black unicorn and he shared his story with me about you know, who he was and what he was all about. And I've been looking for um, an idea or a way to expand on our Healing with Avalon series. So if you're new here, um, I think it was, I don't even remember if it was December or January, we did a couple of episodes of Healing with Avalon and I'm like, I, we did some work with the Divine Feminine and the Divine Masculine and I'm like, this is just too high level for me. And so I channeled some information from Mordred and um this Sisters for the Sword just is part of, I call this episode like Worlds Within Worlds because that's kind of what it is to me. And I'll, I'll share with you, if you'll allow me to, a little bit about the background and where I think this all fits. And then I'll dive into um, where I think it's going and um, we will um, talk to you about what's coming up or what you can expect from the Sisters for the Sword um, community and the work involved there. Um, and then the next episode, we will actually bring in Mordred and start working with him. So when I asked which guides wanted to walk with us as Sisters for the Sword, um, I got all your typical ones. Um, so let me first back up a little bit, back out a little bit, and talk about the bringers of the light. So if you're familiar with my work, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, the bringers of the light have been a big part of the podcast since October of last year. And it's not even that it's a story. So I've shared in various locations or various times, like bringers of the light is what, um, Merlin would call Brotherhood of the Light or, um, you know, is called Brotherhood of the Light if you look out there. But it's it's a it's a grouping, a gathering of etheric um, soul guides and masters and angels and archangels um, and real life people like you and me doing work on behalf of the light. Some of that work is very out in the open. Um, when I talk to you guys about, you know, being grid keepers and gatekeepers, some of that work is, you know, something we share publicly with what we do. Like, oh, I went out and I did, you know, I opened a portal over here or whatever, and I did this work. Other work is done in um, cover. 
not the cover of darkness, but just in under kind of undercover, I guess. And some of it is under the cover of darkness. So there's different um, quote unquote, I guess, factions or realms to the bringers of the light, AKA the brotherhood of the light. Um, and I think I mentioned this on another podcast too. Somewhere I've talked about this where our divine masculine have been the ones um, historically to be the ones that go in under the cover of darkness and do some of the more um, quote unquote dirty work for the bringers of the light. So um, assessing out and, and working with dark energies as it relates to Gaia and our planetary awakening and bringing humanity and the collective into the light, um, our ascension and all of that. Others of us, typically the divine feminine, who some of us, if you're very sensitive or empathic, like you would not be. <laughs> you. You wouldn't be able to stomach and, and handle some of the things that happen in the lower realms. And I was shown one tiny piece of what goes on. And I was like, okay, can't ever, I can't, I just can't. Like the whole day was like upset for me after that. So we're doing very important work on behalf of the collective, on behalf of Gaia, on behalf of ourselves and our own ascension away from, you know, lower dark energy, the lower worlds. Um, and there's always going to, you know, I don't think, I don't know if in our lifetimes we will ever see eradicate, complete eradication of darkness because within all of us, there is still lives a shadow too. And you have to raise the consciousness of the planet exponentially higher, um, to get to a point where there'd be absolutely no darkness, but that doesn't mean we, we don't, you know, that we stop working on, you know, continuing to raise, raise the vibe, eradicate what we can, um, for a better, tomorrow for the future of our future selves and our, um, you know, and our, our familial lineage. So this all started with the bringers of the light for me. And I started channeling in stories and, you know, this is all of the, the books and the audio. Um, going back in this podcast in October of Abigail and Zakar and Tambor and Jameson and, you know, the Argyle Inn and all of my books that I've channeled in and written about the bringers of the light who are somewhere etheric beings doing this work on behalf of the light. And to take it a step further, you know, I work, I see myself um, as a priestess and a child of Avalon. It's where my soul feels very comfortable among a few other places. But those of us that do this type of work, our souls kind of get um, bound or energetically tied to a particular sacred spot. You know, some it's Sedona, some it's Shasta, some it's Uluru, some it's, you know, there's many different ones. But for me, Avalon holds a special place in my heart. 
And so I dedicate myself to doing work on behalf of the Bringers of the Light through Avalon, which means that Merlin is my mentor, my guide, and in a sense, my boss um, for the Bringers of the Light. Um, so whatever assignments we get um, as Sisters for the Sword, as a fellow Bringer of the Light, be you masculine or feminine, um, then those come down from the hierarchy of the Bringers of the Light um, to the different mentors and guides of each of the sacred spaces and then on to the, um, the I guess, special group, um, like an A-team, or almost like an A-team or something, you know, like the A-team from, was that the 80s? Um, it's the special group that then carries out some of this energetic work. And it happens in, you know, co-creation, or um, it's not even creation, but we co-work with us, like humans down here on the planet, doing the work, in addition to, um, you know, the angels, the archangels, whatever etheric beings and souls are doing that work as well. So we get our work from Merlin, and we're hosted in Avalon by the Lady of the Lake. Very honored to have a residency there. And whenever I need safe respite, I know I know you guys are feeling this too. I know that Avalon is calling some of you home. And there's many other groups too that work with Avalon. And I'm not saying that we are the only one. Um, there's a lot of different work going on. Um, and they're saying it's not necessarily duplicated. It's kind of overlaid on top of each other to magnify the effects of the work. So what we're doing is, is special and beautiful and unique to our group, but there's other similar groups doing similar work. So if you, you know, vibe or jive or whatever with another group, um, we're not, we're not, um, duplicating or kind of copying, I guess, them, we are amongst ourselves, our own private um, group, if you want to see it that way. What does this have to do with the nights and all of that is the next thing I want to answer. So as part of earlier today, I sat down and I'm like, who wants to work with me um, in Sisters for the Sword? And of course, Merlin and the Lady of the Lake, I mean, my typ the typical ones. But I got, um, and I knew Arthur would come in because the knights are part of this story. The knights of the round table are part of this work that we're doing. Um, Guinevere actually came in. Um... Our beautiful um, friends, Morgaus and Morgaine, Morgan. There's different energies that are going to step in and out depending on the work that we're doing. But when we started the Healing for Avalon series, um, we were diving into working with the masculine energy, and I really feel like. I've mentioned this before that our masculines are, if they are working on behalf of the Brotherhood of the Light, Bringers of the Light, then a lot of them through the astrals go in and do a lot of the dirty cleanup work 
um, it's not pretty. And so if you're masculine um, or any divine masculine you know or involved with that, um, it takes a very, I would have to say it takes a very strong person to be able to to be able to do that work. Okay, sorry. There's usually no cursing on the podcast, but every now and then something comes out. Um, takes a very strong person to be able to do that work. And I feel like um, a lot of our divine masculines at times set aside their own personal soul work to do this other work. And when it comes time to doing some of their own personal soul work, it's like they just can't even fathom it because of what, you know, what they're being put through with the work that they're doing. Um, I told you I was shown one tiny small thing of, of um, someone I know who came to me and said, you know, I'm, I'm doing this work. I'm doing it through the astrals. I'm on, I went on four missions last night and let me just, you know, I was like, okay, well show me. I wanted, I want to see, I want to support that in some way. And I was shown just a tiny snippet of one of the missions of the whole, I was out the whole entire rest of the day. I was like, I, I don't even show me anything else. I can't take it. So I'd like the sisters for the sword to, well, it's not just I would like, but the work that we'll be doing and where I think our focus is going to lie right now for the time being is on working with um, helping the divine masculine, supporting them, um, doing some healing work on their behalf, uh, which will start with our Meet the Knights series, which will be what we'll do next. And we're going to be starting with, I told you, Mordred and working with the Dark Knight, which is what he calls himself. And so I want this to be fun. This is not just an emotional roller coaster ride of like grief about Avalon and past lives there, because we will, you'll definitely, if you enter this sacred container, um, you will definitely start to feel all of that and be kind of woven into the magic of the Holy Isle as, as I have been. There are times when it's stronger than others and times of the year when there's more assignments and more work to do. Um, but we will talk about that um, in a little bit. I, I wanted this to be more introductory and to just kind of get us, get us think, get it out there like what the vision for this is and then if you feel like yeah I totally resonate with that um, you know I'm in for that then you know we can start with the next episode I won't just be sharing this on the podcast I'd like to bring it to my Instagram community as well but Instagram is just so limited in what you can do in 15 minutes um, uh, so we're, we're gonna see how I can weave this into Instagram but the body of the work um, will be shared here um, on my website and um, most likely in a private group for those that decide that they want to do some of the work that is more of the private work that we would not, you know, we would not speak about publicly and will only be um, accepting sisters of the highest integrity. Um, Avalon and Merlin will help with selecting um, selecting and approving those of you that want to join in the private work. And I'm, I'm thinking there's going to be a cap 
I hear him saying 25, so um, we'll see. So what is Sisters for the Sword? So I'm going to be setting up a web page. Um, this is something you can commit to at different levels. So if you're just like, um, if I'm just, you know, if you're just like, I'm a bringer of the light, um, be you male or female, then we'll just have, you know, some little, little call outs. We'll have some badges and stuff you can use like on your social media, on your, um, on your own website. Um, what does it mean? You know, we'll, we'll, I'll explain and I'll write out and channel out from straight from the guides. You know, what does it mean to be a bringer of the light? What does it mean to be a sister for the sword? Um, so you can decide yourself. There'll be, um, you know, a manifesto and kind of a, a, a code of honor kind of a thing. Um, and that's stuff I'm all building right now, but um, it's already come out. So I just, you know, once it comes down and starts to manifest in the physical, you know, things slow down a little bit as it takes the time to like build all these things out. I'm really quick though at making websites. So <laughs> anyway, so I'll just have all of that stuff there for you to kind of read and, and we'll share more about that then. We will have special events. Um, the public events will be called um, Merlin, Merlin is Calling or Merlin Calling. And that's when Merlin has, oh, I got chills for that. That's when Merlin has um, specific work for us to do, be it gatekeeping or gatekeeping work on behalf of the planet, on behalf of Avalon. And then there'll be private events called Avalon Calling. Those are the working with the sacred mysteries of Avalon and doing, um, doing, yeah, work that we wouldn't speak with anyone about unless we were all doing it together. So that's kind of like our 25, um, sisters who, um, we would be doing that work and, um, you know, I'll share more about that once we kind of have that group kind of up and running. So the last thing I want to share, and then I'll read our story, is, um, yeah, and I already kind of did, is the Meet the Knights is our next episode with Mordred. Um, we're going to be, I've already channeled him in, we'll be bringing him in, and then we'll be doing an episode with each of the Knights of the Round Table because they are each an archetype of our different divine masculines that are out there working on behalf of the Brotherhood of the Light, Bringers of the Light. Um, and doing healing work for them on their behalf, just to help them, just to support them and hold space for them. Um, yeah. <laughs> so if you are one of those masculines listening and you're like, well, I'm not a sister for the sword, <laughs> but you are a brother for the sword, you're a brother of the light and you are encouraged to listen to these episodes so that you can receive the healing um, directly so you don't have to like we're going to be sending it out to to our divine masculine as like remote healing and any um, willing heart who is of the brotherhood of the light bringer of the light um, who's doing this work um, will have already made themselves open to accept this healing on behalf of the feminine um, it's just like a knight's code of honor. There, there's so much, there's so much to learn here and so much to share. 
Um, so I hope maybe you're feeling some little tingles of like either remembrance of like, yeah, I remember what it's like to be there in Avalon. Um, I remember what it's like to possibly have worked with some of the knights yourself. Um, and it didn't ne doesn't necessarily have to be a knight of the round table. There were many, many knights um, that were in service to to the cross and to like, but not the cross from a religious perspective. Um, some were like the Knights Templar, um, but others were just, you know, serving a higher power, serving a king at some at some times, yes, but even then they were um, knighted to serve a higher power, to serve God, to serve their kingdom. So many of you may be feeling that as well. So just to try to add a little bit of a fun note to it, because it's not all like tears. Now, um, a while back when I thought that um, Sisters for the Sword was possibly going to be a book, I was really drawn into heavy metal. Um, I've never even seen the whole movie, but heavy metal, the movie, um, not not the magazine, although the magazine's pretty cool too, but um, was it Tarna or whatever? Um, and I started channeling in a Sisters with a Sword book and I got like just a, some paragraphs in and I'm like, I don't know where this is going, but I think we're going to use it as part of our assignments and part of our, um, some of our episodes, but I'll just read to you this and then we'll go ahead and close out. So I had Sisters for the Sword, Heavy Metal meets the Mists of Avalon meets Dungeons and Dragons. And we had... Um, Marissa and Melanie, who were the twins of Kedusha. Now, this is all channeled in. So if you're familiar with my work, just let me just back up and say where this is coming from. Um, all my work is channeled via um, source, through source, through the guides and the archetypes or the personas or whoever the spirit guides are that are sharing the information with me. And I obviously only work with the light. Otherwise, I wouldn't be part of the bringers of the light. Um, and I definitely wouldn't be um, tasked this work through Avalon. I can tell you that right now um, because they're only dealing with those souls that have, that have, um, you know, made certain pledges um, on behalf of the Holy Isle or any other sacred place. And so if Merlin calls, you know, I pledged, I don't know when it was now, um, that I wanted to do service work. And when Avalon called and Merlin came in and said, okay, you can do this. Um, you know, you're at a level of integrity now in your soul work where you can do this, but you have to kind of pledge that when I call, you will come without hesitation. Like you won't sit around and wonder like Merlin's calling. I guess I'll just kind of like, you know, get back to him in a couple of days. Um, the, the work that has to be done is at times time sensitive and um, happens around different portals and gates and certain things that happen um, within like the lunar cycles and, and other things. And so I had to pledge like my work for the bringers of the light, my work for Avalon, it comes before any of my other work. So if Merlin's calling and there's a podcast that has to be done, um, Avalon, I, I, I serve Avalon first, which ultimately serves, you know, everything else like Gaia, humanity, the collective and all of that. So anyway, so these stories are channeled through the guides 
um, via like automatic writing or you know whatever you want to call it stream of consciousness and writing which is where these come from so they're not made up stories um, that came from my imagination which is really just a limiting belief in your imagination is really your soul and your higher self speaking to you but you know you've got to be at a certain point to realize that but anyway let's get back to this introduction of the sisters with a sword so we had Marissa and Melanie twins of Kadusha, daughters of Merlina and Kratar who are the king and queen of the ancient lands of Lemur. Lemur. I was like, is this Lemurian? They're like, kind of, but not really. They're on a quest to establish the new earth lands of Terramat. And the introduction is, once in the ancient lands of Lemur, there was a brilliant light that emanated from the farthest reaches of space. From this magical light, the lands of Lemur were upgraded to 15th dimensional status. The Royal Guard of Lemur, a band of fantastical women led by twins Melanie and Marissa, daughters of the Sword of Terramat, planned for their quest. This quest would determine the plight, per se, of every man, woman, child, and magical being on the planet. And Marissa and Melanie had been training for this quest ever since they were birthed during the full moon lunar eclipse of Sage four and twenty light moons ago. Terramat needed an upgrade, and the twins had been destined to start and hopefully complete the quest. Follow their journey, play out the secret sets of instructions along with them, and participate in your own quest to accept the sword and conquer the Lost Lands. Quest 1 is where we're going to start next, and I'll just read you that introduction. This is going to fit into our working with Mordred. Quest one is the light is falling. The light of the sword gleams in Melanie's, Melanie's sheath as she saddles up her Arabian stallion dragon mix, Petunia. Marissa buckles up her thigh-high boots and tightens her corset. She slips the ancient samurai sword deep into its hip pocket as she mounts Cristalla, her lemon-colored dragon. The girls have been downloaded with the instruction set needed for quest one, harness the light. Oh, I got chills. Oh, God. So that is where we will pick up in our next episode. So if you're, there's many different um, series on this podcast. So if you're following this one and you don't really care about anything else, then you'll just be looking for Sisters for the Sword each time the episode drops. Um, probably early next week, I'll be doing our first um, session with um, Merlin and Mordred and whoever else wants to come in. But for now... I'm really excited and honored on behalf of the Holy Isle to be bringing you this body of work for myself, for all of us, on behalf of all souls, all sentient beings, on behalf of Gaia. I want to thank you so much for joining me here, and I will see you all again soon in the next podcast episode. Take care. This episode has been brought to you by the Thunder Rose Ranch and Forest, a sacred place where the beings of light surrounding its etheric location are here to teach love to all humanity. We want to thank you so much for joining us. Take care.